0: What does motion sound like? With Kizikans Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizikcom slash socks. For the News and Observer, I'm Don Vaughn here with Will Doran, and we're giving you the Look Ahead in North Carolina Politics for Monday, October 11th. Usually we give you three big things to look for. We're going to give you just two this week, and they're both really big, starting with redistricting, maps, gerrymandering, all things geographical and political. And Will Doran is our man on maps. So uh, why don't you tell us where we are and, and what we're going to be watching for this week?
1: Yeah, thanks. Uh, everyone's favorite topic, uh, lawmakers sitting at computers and clicking voting precincts on maps and turning them different colors. Uh, <laughs> sounds boring at first, but it's actually super important, uh, you know, really could go a long way towards determining the, the balance of power here in North Carolina for the next decade. Um, so yeah, I uh, I've been in the room with a bunch of other people watching it as it happens. Um, Don, as you and I are recording this, it's already been going on for a couple of days, and by the time people are going to listen to this it will have gone on for a few days longer. Um, It could be wrapped up by the end of this week, um, but it also could stretch into next week a little bit. Um, We just kind of have to wait and see on that. Um, You know, they can pretty much do whatever they want (laughs) and you know we we could see dozens of maps in the end that lawmakers are going to have to pick between Uh, we could see just a few uh, choices that they're going to be debating and trying to winnow down and uh, you know the the other angle too is both the house and the senate are doing their own different versions of maps Um, and you know so they could wind up with you know, two maps each that they're mostly okay with that look pretty similar to each other. And they say, okay, yeah, we can find a compromise here. Or they might get bogged down in fighting over people they do or don't want to protect or areas of the state that they, you know, do or don't want to focus on, things like that. So, I mean, there's just so many different considerations that go into this uh, culturally, politically, uh, just everything you can think of. Uh, it, it's just really, really complicated. Um, so it's been a lot of fun <laughs> to cover. Uh, as I said, it's going to keep going on this whole week. Uh, so please, uh, you know, keep keep following our coverage of it. Because, um, so, well, What
0: people... does it actually look like? Tell people who like, have not been to the LOB like, what this actually
1: looks like. All right. So you take an elevator up. In this, this office building next to the legislature, and you walk into this big cavernous room, and there's like seven people in there, <laughs> and sometimes more. Um, but in in the early days of it, it's been pretty small. It's usually just been kind of the the top Republican leaders who are in there with kind of a, a small cadre of staff, and they're sitting at a computer, um, and they are kind of talking in hushed tones to one another. Uh, you know, making their choices, which counties, which cities, which individual neighborhoods they want in one district versus another district. Um, and then there's a few people kind of in the back of the room, uh, journalists and lawyers and just interested members of the public who are there to watch. Um, this is the the first time ever uh, that the legislature has chosen to make this process transparent and open to the public, open to the media. Uh, For most of state history, it was completely secret, you know, that quintessential, you know, smoke-filled backroom deal uh, being made with all sorts of horse trading that nobody saw except for the, you know, couple of top people. In 2019, that changed. Uh, A court actually ordered historic levels of transparency uh, because they said that they did not trust uh, Republicans when they had said, uh, you know, who drew maps or when they drew the maps or how they had drawn the maps. Um, so the court said, no, we're going to need you guys to be more transparent with this. And so the legislature drew those maps in 2019 with a lot of transparency. We used those maps in 2020. Uh, now we're having to redraw the maps again because the 2020 census is in. And the legislature said, you know, actually, we kind of liked the transparency that the court made us had. Um, and so we're going to do that again this year. So, yeah, I mean, you can just walk in and, you know, kind of watch what's going on. And it's being live streamed online, too, for for people who obviously can't make it, you know, in the middle of a weekday to the legislature to watch them draw maps. Uh, not exactly the kind of thing you necessarily want to take time off work for.
0: Uh. <laughs> well, that's what we're there for to bring yeah. you the exciting and non exciting turn of state government.
1: Exactly. But you can live stream it if you want. Uh, it's on YouTube and it's on the legislature's website. So, uh, you know, people, people who do want to uh, watch, watch the maps being drawn in real time can do that. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, we're going to see a lot of people draw on the maps um, and then it's going to come down to just fighting over probably some just like very minor details. I mean, I remember last time I covered this in 2019, you know, Democrats were more or less fine with most of the maps that Republicans drew because they know that they can't actually change that much. I mean, because governor Cooper's banned from vetoing it. So, you know, Republican lawmakers, whatever they vote through is what gets passed. Um, so Democrats don't really have a whole lot of leverage in the negotiating. But you know, in 2019, they picked basically southeastern North Carolina and decided, you know, we we're we're going to let them just kind of do whatever they want with the rest of the state. But we're going to make a big stink about the southeastern part of the state and see if we can't, you know, get the maps changed there, you know, to be you know a little more favorable to Democrats or less slanted towards Republicans, uh, depending on <laughs> who you ask to describe uh, what they wanted. Um, and that didn't end up going anywhere, but you know, we, we could see a, a similar thing again this year where, where Democrats maybe pick one specific area of the state to kind of make their last stand about. Um, but you know, that is still to come later this week, maybe early next week. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see.
0: Well, speaking of Democrats and 2019 and things the governor can and can't veto, um, there's something else really big that's going on as all of those things, then that would be the state budget.
1: That was a great transition, Doc. Did you
0: like that? (laughs) So what was kind of interesting, the way you were talking about the map-making process being slightly more transparent, the state budget process is more opaque right now, but in a sense, it's more transparent, at least within government. That makes any sense at all. And those of you who are following the every twist and turn of the state budget where we are now. And I know it's week week ahead every week is like, what about the budget? There is actual action happening with the budget. Um, Moore and Berger sent their, or the outline anyway, Senator Berger said, sent their outline to Governor Cooper um, uh, with their uh, budget, conference budget proposal. Cooper has has offered his counteroffer. Republicans are now working on their counteroffer. And we'll see if there's another Cooper counteroffer and another Republican counteroffer. At some point, when it gets down to the big things, which we know the big things are, of course, education spending, which includes teacher raises, state employee raises, tax cuts, how much and for who and for what, um, because corporate tax cuts are in there. And we all know that Cooper has wanted Medicaid expansion for years, and and how much of a a little or a little more um, a version of that, that that he'll get. So once that happens, the the three men will sit down together in person. They had looked at doing that this past week, but wanted to wait and see how things were going. And um, it does take time. All their staff is involved. There's a there's. Of course, plenty of politicians and political maneuvering involved, but there is a lot of the actual detailed work of what would this look like because the budget is a massive document and how would they actually pay for the things that that they agree on. So, what we're probably looking at this week is that the governor, the speaker, and the senate leader will actually meet, probably, unless their counter offers and and you know counter counter offer stall out to the point that it's not time for them to, to talk yet. And will they talk in person once, twice, three times? We'll find out. Uh, I was just telling Will before we started recording that I cannot believe I put this in a story with the latest turn, but the longer they negotiate, and we're all impatient. People want their money. Reporters want to write their stories. But the longer the negotiating takes, the more likely that our legislative and executive branches of state government will agree on a comprehensive spending plan that will actually get things done. So that's the optimistic viewpoint. There's the plenty of pessimism. I just asked, we're recording this on Thursday. I just saw the governor in the event this morning and asked the latest budget, you know, like I'm, I'm, if you guys have seen that um, John Cusack movie from the 80s, Better Off Dead, where the paper boy comes out, where's my two dollars and follows them all around. Um, I'm like, where's the budget? Where's the budget person? that out?" And so, of course, I asked that again and he said they're still working on it. So, you know, this might be our perennial uh, look ahead of what's going to happen in the budget um, for a while now. So could be a week, could be a month. We don't know, but the end result hopefully is something that all of, all of North Carolina will, will want and also be somewhat upset about, um, because that's just, that's just how it works.
1: Don, you reported, I, I think it was probably, gosh, a couple of months ago at this point, um, that even despite, you know, the, the COVID shutdowns of a lot of businesses that we had in the state, uh, we had a huge surplus here. I mean. We, the economy did way better than expected. Um, and Governor Cooper actually said that he thinks that there's a, more than enough money uh, to do all of the tax cuts that the Republicans want to do. And so if their spending plans, I, or maybe all of their spending plans plus all of the governor's spending plans in his budget. Right. Am I misconstruing that? I, I believe that yeah, enough money I think to do everything. Was,
0: I think it was their original plan after like the, most recent revenue forecast had come out where they wanted with a 4.99 instead um, so of 3.99, but they can still have like all of the significant tax rate cuts. They can have um, all the construction projects at the universities and elsewhere. They can give educational a lot of money, um, which of course um, those that have followed all the turns of of, of Leandro that. You know how much and when and where that money is spent, and in in this budget. So there's there's enough to make everybody pretty happy, and that is that again that political pressure on all of them to just do it. Like that's kind of I've said this in other ones uh, other podcasts too um, that they that they can do it. They Uh, They really seem genuine, uh, Berger, Moore, and Cooper, and trying to work together, you know, it's to their own advantage, of course, too, um, but also to the advantage of of the state and all the state workers and everything else and all their constituents to to get this taken care of. And the budget also includes a lot of COVID federal spending, too, which if, if the comprehensive budget doesn't happen, they'd have to run that separately. And that's just a lot more time. So, as everyone will recall, there was supposed to be a big gap between the budget and redistricting. Now they're happening at the same time, so we can find our our parallels. Well, do you see any other parallels between the the budget process and uh, and redistricting?
1: You mean other than the fact that like one of the top Senate budget writers is also the top Senate redistricting chairman? <laughs>
0: there you
1: <laughs> go. And that has you know kind of uh, stretched everybody a little bit thin.
0: <laughs> I think that. Um, If it's all done before the holidays, what holiday? Will it be Halloween? Will it be Election Day, Veterans Day, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, Martin Luther King Day? All of this is done. Everyone will enjoy some sort of break that they get before the short session. And there would have to be eventually some sort of break between sessions. Those of you that remember the 2019 budget fight, that was never resolved. They came back in January for a one and done uh, January single day session. Um, and that was the one where, you know, teacher raises didn't end up happening. So I don't think anyone really wants to go down that road, but they will if they have to. And we'll see if their good faith negotiations end up actually being that on the budget. And and then once we actually see this document, they don't want to talk about it publicly because they want to actually negotiate. But now with, you know, the more elected officials you get involved, we'll see how how long all of that stays quiet, Um, but it it looks like they want to come to some sort of compromise and then we'll see this massive document and tell you all what's in it, that they aren't telling us all the little tiny stuff other than the, the big top lines, which of course we'll bring to you also. So this week, like last week and probably the next week, budget and redistricting are the things to pay attention to in North Carolina politics, also, people are already looking at like, the next election, so there could be stuff like that pop up. We'll see. So for The News and Observer, I'm Dawn Vaughn with Will Doran. Thanks for listening.
1: For more from our politics team, subscribe to The News and Observer at newsobserver.com slash subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at Under the Dome and NC Insider and sign up for our weekly political newsletter at Newsobserver.com newsletters. Thanks for listening.